What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Transformation Podcast brought to you by Soul City Church. Soul City exists to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus, and we hope that this podcast helps you move forward in faith, whoever and wherever you're at. Okay, let's get into today's conversation. Hey, everybody. My name is John. And I'm Noelle. And you are listening to... The, the Transformation, Transformation Podcast. Podcast. Wow, <laughs> we oh did it together. Oh, boy. Oh, man. You can see this is about to be a great episode, you all. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Um, the Transformation Podcast is a new podcast brought to you by Soul City Church. Soul City exists to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. And before we get started, I'd love to remind you all to submit a review and subscribe to our podcast. We love that people have been listening to it like we see every week. It's such a gift to Soul City, and I'm grateful to be on it. But yeah, if you could leave um, a review and subscribe, that helps other people find the podcast. Yeah, if you want to give us a gift, if you want to be a blessing to someone today, yes. specifically to Noel and I, mm-hmm. you can leave a review. Yeah, make it pastory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Use as much flowery Christian Bible no, language as you can. I think she was talking can. about you, John, that oh. you were making it pastory. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, someone else is in there. Oh, whoops, sorry. Oh, wait. We haven't even introduced <laughs> you yet, sir. Mute that mic. Sir. You well, <laughs> anyway... We're really excited today because the prodigal son has returned yes. to the podcast. Bring out the fatted calf. Yes. <laughs> He's already wearing the rings. <laughs> Round of applause. And I shall try and not bring my elder brother energy into this Ooh, room. Good. I was uh, thinking that. Because Pastor Jarrett, we're very excited to have you back on the Transformation Podcast. Welcome back. Yes. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys fitting me in. This oh, of week. course. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for flying in to do mm-hmm. this. Yep. Again, really weird that you had me fly out to Arizona right yep. after church and then back to record this, but <laughs> happy to do it. Hey, we do what we can. Yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I think that's like from a movie, right? Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm sure, and other, and other things in the world. <laughs> in life. Just like general salutations. <laughs> I think almost anyone who's ever been welcomed Hold before. Up. This is not the pattern. Okay. <laughs> this is not the pattern right. of coming at Noel. Oh, well, yeah, that's we, right. Sorry. Redirect. It's been a minute since I've been here. Uh, exactly. Okay. Let's get back on track. All right. All right. Well, welcome All right. to the podcast, Pastor. Well, We're thank excited you. to go back um, to last week's message. Um, on a lot of great things, actually, like what God has um, for you and um, this framework that you have going on. But what I really want to talk about is the opening joke. Uh, no, because it was pretty quiet. It was on the 11. rough. I was at that 11, 11 o'clock gathering, it was rough. That was real I got rough. sympathy laughs at the nine, but the 11 was like, nope, no, yeah, sir. No, I mean, thank you. Not in this house. Not even like a, oh, no. no. Nah, Nothing. it was kind of flat. Crickets. It was rough. I was like, oh, I was all the way in the back, though. You didn't hear me. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> you needed to be louder. All right. Anyway, let's not talk about that. But I, want, I wanted to talk to you. Oh, my God. Oh, crickets. This Julian. Rough, y'all. Wow. Julian took it to the next level. Thank you. Man. I wanted to actually go into because I, I don't think people know how much work you put into the sermons that you do. Um, and I would like for you to kind of talk a little bit about that for oh, us. Yeah. That's a great question. Because you mentioned it. Well, John can speak to it too. I mean, John does this. Yes, he can. All the time. I mean, it's a, uh, that's a great question for anyone who is interested. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Usually John and I mapped out back in November, John and I mapped out all of 2021 broad strokes like okay mm. this is what we you know we spent some time praying and then coming together and we brought all our ideas and we started mapping it out throughout the year and 
and it's all flexible, like things can change, but it's, but it helped because then it started putting in to each of our heads, like, oh, cool. We know that we're going to be talking about this then, so we don't have to speak to it here. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so when I knew that I was having this message on this passage, I got really excited because there's some stuff that I've been wanting to unpack at Soul City for a while. And it's, it comes right out of this passage. So in the, it was a little unique in this case because because Nancy taught and then John taught and then Jeannie taught the last couple weeks. So I've had mm-hmm. a couple weeks off, which is from preaching, which is great. So I was spent the last probably two weeks really reading and studying and preparing. So usually each week, I mean, it's, it's, that's usually what's going on is there's, mm-hmm. I mean, John, you can speak it like a couple weeks ahead of time. You're starting to take things in and read and pray and listen like, okay, what's the sense I have for this? And um, we, John and I set kind of the direction for what the, broad strokes of each week should be as we get closer to them. You know, like we're going to probably talk about this or these verses, but then it really kind of, we just go wherever the Holy Spirit leads. So, so yeah, with this week, um, I mean, usually the way it works on every week is I spend my Wednesdays writing, like studying and Mm -hmm. kind of throwing, it's a giant hot mess of notes and clips and, you know, things, tabs open and all that kind of stuff. And then on Thursday, it all gets refined. Um, and we have a Thursday afternoon meeting where I turn in all my notes. John turns in his, Jeannie turns in hers, whoever's preaching. So it's about a, you know, actively two days of writing, but probably about two weeks of chewing on it and marinating on it before bringing it uh, to, you know, to paper. Nice. Great. I, I asked the question because I feel like as me as a um, soul city goer, mm-hmm. um, I feel like I've always taken the posture of consumerism. So like I'm always consuming what you all are putting out and I'm grateful for that. And um, but sometimes it's good to see the different sides of what actually goes into yeah. the work that you do. So. Well, and one of the things I love too is in this process is how collaborative it's gotten since John came on the team. Nice. And, you know, we'll, we'll throw each other like, Hey, I'm stuck on this. Can you help me with this? Or, Hey, or John will like read a section and be like, shit, I don't know. What do you think about these notes? And mm-hmm. so that makes it so much more fun. And, and then we submit our notes to each other you know, usually Sunday morning or Saturday night, like, Hey, here's, here's where I'm at. And then in between gatherings, we give each other feedback. And Mm. so it it feels very collaborative. You know, it's not just like, well, I'm going to go hear from God and I'll tell y'all like, it feels very shaped along the way by, by different folks uh, on our team. So. Nice. Thank yeah. you. Well, that's, that's in some inside baseball that no Little one inside baseball probably cares about, but I don't know. John and I could talk for hours. Yeah, about I find it. it very, very interesting, but that this is part of my gig. Um, Today, you know, we're continuing to walk through this series as a church on uh, the Gospel of Mark. It's been very exciting. And today we we sort of arrive at Mark chapter 8, mm-hmm. which is not only the halfway point in the Gospel, but it's sort of the turning point, what, yeah. a, what a lot of scholars talk about, this conversation specifically between Jesus and Peter and the rest of the disciples is sort of the turning point from here on, from, you know, previously Jesus, he's been doing his thing. He's been doing his ministry, his healings, some teaching, all of this stuff. Then he has this one conversation and it seems like from here on out, he's on like a straight line. Everything heads to the cross. To the cross. Um, and, And you unpack that conversation quite a bit, specifically through talking about this idea of the cruciform life which is not a new invention. It's not no. something you just created. Far from it. Um, but I would love f- maybe for those who need a bit of a refresher, can you give a brief description of what that cruciform pattern is for us real quick? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I didn't come up with this. This is, you know, desert fathers and mothers for, you know, centuries ago have, have, have seen this pattern and, and it's Mark eight. Isn't the only passage that where you get to see it. Um, but you really get to, it is such a, compact and concise sort of unpacking of it from Jesus. You know, he talks about 
what he, the pattern of what he would face with his suffering and his death and resurrection. And then immediately goes into now you, if you want to be my follower, take up a similar, take up the same cross and follow me. And that's when he says those lines, you know, um, anyone who tries to save their life will lose it. Anyone tries to lose their life for my sake and the gospel will save it. And so that really, then it becomes this invitation of, okay, oh, this isn't just something Jesus did for me. Cause I think that's a lot of evangelicalism gets stuck on like, oh, that's what a lot of our worship songs are about. And I get it. It makes total sense. Like he did this thing on the cross and through an empty tomb for me. Got it. But really what Jesus is doing is saying, no, this is the life I'm inviting you into. This is, there's a pattern to this. So again, not the first person. There's plenty of folks that have written, you know, that I'm greatly indebted to Greg Boyd, Richard Rohr many, many others that have unpacked this more. But yeah, the idea is that start the cruciform pattern starts with new life. So, you know, someone says yes to Jesus or um, as we'll see in a second, you know, they, they enter into maybe a new season of spiritual life. You know, there's, there's new levels of um, connection, awareness, um, depth to their life. So it's, but it starts with new life, right? So and that's the best, like, that's the most fun, <laughs> that's the most fun phase. Cause like everything is new. You have new language, you have a new lens, you have spiritual perspective now. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is, how did I not see this or have this before, you know? And, and for people who come to faith later in life, you know, that's so much more fresh for them. It's like, oh my gosh, how did I go this long without this, this life? And then what Jesus refers to next from his life and for ours is what, what comes next is suffering or struggle, struggle or suffering, one of those, you know, whatever language you want to put on it that's more helpful. And this is, you know, we see modeled in the life of Jesus um, that there was great rejection and betrayal and being misunderstood and being, you know, multiple plots to kill him before the per God's perfect time. And, you know, the, he faced, you know, his ministry begins with 40 days in the wilderness of being tempted. I mean, so you come right out of this, baptism moment and he goes right into the wilderness. I mean, goes, and he said himself in this world, you will have much trouble, but take heart of overcome the world. So that's the second phase is that struggle or suffering. And I think for, if I'm being honest about myself, that's the part I will like, I don't, that's, that's where I want to like get out and go back to the new life part. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, I, this is hard. This is not what I thought. And God doesn't seem to be stopping it. Why isn't God sparing me from this hard thing or this struggle or this challenge or this whatever? And so then it goes from struggle and suffering to death. I mean, that, that is what we see. That's what, that is the cross, you know, the Jesus in that moment, not only giving his life for us, but again, showing us what we are going to do, which is to die to ourselves, our false selves, our ego, our unhealthy or unrealistic expectations, things that we've been attached to that were keeping us from a full life in Jesus. And again, you know, no one likes this phase and it can feel, especially for anyone listening right now, who's maybe in that, that struggle or that suffering or that, that thing where it feels like something has died or is dying in them, mm -hmm. you know, that's to me, and I didn't get to unpack this in the message cause I was already over time. <laughs> but to me, you know, when Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's what it feels like, you know, on the cross at his moment of death, where are you God? That's what it feels like. And for the times that I've walked through those, and there have been many in my life, that's what it feels like. God, where are you in this? Where is it? So it can feel incredibly lonely. It can feel like you're doing it wrong. It can, like, what, what is, why is this happening to me? That's usually what we get to is, God, why are you doing this to me? Why is this happening to me? And then the, you know, the sort of fourth phase of the cruciform pattern is resurrection. You know, obviously we see that in Jesus. We celebrate that at Easter. But I don't think we celebrate that enough in ourselves that when God brings us into a new 
season. God brings us into a new perspective. God brings us into greater intimacy. Um, that really is like something new is birthed in us and that leads to new life. And then, and then the pattern kind of continues. It's not like you get through it once and you're like, well, I'm glad that's over. You know, this is just how it goes with God. It's not up and to the right. It's this, this pattern of new life to struggle and suffering, to death, to resurrection, to new life, to struggle and suffering. And, and along the way we grow closer to Jesus by walking the footsteps and the path of Jesus, but we also become more and more of who God created us to be. So that's the big idea behind the cruciform pattern. A lot of other people have said it a lot smarter than me, but that's what we unpacked this last week. Wow, that's great. And I just want to be honest, you took all my questions from what? me. That's it? <laughs> you literally went through everything. I think that's great um, that you went through the pattern, that this is the invitation that we have as believers. Mm. And I also enjoyed that you acknowledged that older, ooh, not older, can I say people who find Jesus later in their mm-hmm. life, yeah. um, that this is a new concept to them there is a new life that they have but I guess I was stuck when you go from resurrection to new life Mm -hmm. how do you know the difference between those two what does that look like for people yeah I mean for some folks there is a breaking moment where it's like oh you know like you can mark a day you know like oh my gosh it was this day or it was this you know but for most of us it's you you sort of realize it in the rearview mirror like oh I didn't, I handled that. I mean, I'll give you an example. Um, and we've talked about this a little bit on the pod. Like my, when Jeannie's dad died 16 years ago, that was a complete breaking of a lot of things for me uh, with God. And, and it, it took me about a year and a half to sort of get my wits about me again with God. Because, you know, it, it just broke all of my things that I had with God, my deals that I made with God that he never co-signed, you know, of like, oh, I'll be good to you if you're good to me. I'll do this ministry stuff and you'll keep bad stuff from happening to me. And it really, it, it thankfully through a spiritual director and through counseling and all kinds of things, like I, be, I uh, came out the other side with a completely different understanding and experience with grief mm-hmm. so that when my dad died, this, this, I guess it'd be about four four months ago, three months ago, you know, it doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. I don't think of him every day. I don't miss him every day, but I'm walking. I'm not going through my, this grief with, why would you do this to me? God, you know, like that I did 15, 16 years ago. I'm walking through this grief now going, Oh, this, I, I, I get it. This is loss. And this is, um, deep sadness. And thank you, God, that you're with me in it. And thank you. I know that this breaks your heart too. And, gratitude came quicker to me with my dad's loss. And I can look back in the rearview mirror and I wouldn't have recognized it 16, you know, 15 years ago, but God resurrected. He brought something in, into my life that is a new um, relationship with grief and loss. So I think for most of us, that's usually how it goes. You look, you, you find yourself in a situation that may be somewhat similar to something you've been in before and you go, Oh wow, I have a totally different framework for this than I used to. And that's evidence of resurrection in your life. And again, for some people, it really is like a deliverance moment. It is like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, God broke me from that addiction. God broke me out of that relationship. I was stuck and I can mark a day. I can mark a prayer. I can mark a conversation. Definitely that happens. I think also for lots of folks, it's a, I look back and go, oh, I'm not the same person that I was a year ago, 10 years ago. Yeah. I think even when you have that 
deliverance, breakthrough, holy moment. There's the season of living in the splendor and the blessing of that. And then there's the moment where you have to kind of go back to normal life and you face that that substance that you were addicted to before for the first time and you begin to live a new life yeah, it's, in you that. Have a different like, relationship with it. Yeah, the the resurrection piece even in that breakthrough potentially could be the the experience of that blessing and that breakthrough and then the new life is the transition of now I actually have to go back to living but I'm doing it in a completely new and different and transformed way. Well, look. Totally. This is, I, you know, this message was like an hour and 15 minutes at one point. I mean, I, I was telling John this weekend, like I cut out three and a half pages and there was a whole, there's a whole other thing I wish I could have gotten into on why I think it's significant that Jesus stuck around after his resurrection. Mm. It's often overlooked. And it's kind of like, cause like, it feels like the resurrection is the like climax of the gospel. Like, Oh my gosh, that's it. But he stays, he's still around and he appears to the disciples. He appears to those who are walking on the road to Emmaus and the text tells us very clearly he had a different form. He wasn't not human, but he wasn't just human. You know, that to the point where Thomas could literally touch the wounds and put his fingers. So there's something corporeal there. Like, you know, he could touch him, but it, but it also says right before that, that Jesus just walked through the locked doors, you know, like Casper the ghost style. Like, so there's something significant in the fact that he stuck around before ascending into heaven that I think is a great part of this cruciform life. Like you will be different. You may not even be rec- it's like some people may not even recognize you at first, but you still go, you still live this life. You don't, you don't just get, you know, escape potted out of it. Like you still go through and live this life, but you are different than you were on the other side of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I think that's great. And I'm glad you brought some input as well, John, because I guess the, the words that I keep hearing are just spiritual maturity. Like mm-hmm. that's is what people are talking about when they talk about yeah. being spiritually mature. Um, and yeah. And I would say spiritually maturing. Like mm, I would put an ING on that. Like yes. it's that ongoing process. Yes. And I was thinking of the verse in James that says, take joy in trials and tribulation yeah. because it's it produces. Yeah. Right. It produces endurance. And yeah. I think that's what I always held on to. Like you, you are different. And then there is something about recognizing like, Oh, I, I haven't been through this situation before, but I've, I have endurance now. Yeah, I have something I didn't have before. I have something that for going through I, it. I have faith. My faith has grown. It's endured um, yeah. one season and now it can endure another. Yeah, that's good. No, well, I like I, that. that. Yeah, me too. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So there, you mentioned that at one point this message was seven hours long or whatever. Yeah, I mean it, it was ridiculously long. <laughs> um, and I know that you want to talk about specifically on the podcast, and I'm really excited to talk about it as well. The sort of first section of yes. this discourse that. Mm-hmm that Jesus has because before Jesus even begins to talk about the, the physical reality of what his death will be and how that will stand not only as salvation, but also an invitation for his disciples and his followers. They have this whole conversation about his name, his identity, but specifically through his name. Jesus asked that famous question, who do you say that I am? Mm -hmm. Um, And I know you want, you had a a whole thing about the names of Jesus that ended up on the cutting room floor. I want to talk about it here. Yeah. Noel, they're one of our teaching pastors who will remain nameless, (laughs) mapped out this whole Mark, this study in Mark and put, way too many verses in this particular week and way too many concepts to break down. But another teaching pastor who will remain nameless, but thank God for them, tried to cover it all and realized 
mere days before he was about to give this message that there was three or four messages in this one message. So again, it doesn't matter who it was. It didn't matter who did what, but I'm just saying, thank God for the team. I low-key want the tea, but I, I'll keep it all above board. You <laughs> thank you. Me. Thank you. I mean, I'm just, uh, you know, I, again, I don't want to speak out of turn, but. I don't know who this is. I, <laughs> yeah. Even you speak Think about it. You know him, John. You know him. Okay, I'm going to. You know him. Uh, you keep talking. I'm okay, see if it. you can figure it out. So, yeah, I mean, that there was a whole other literal talk on that, that, that you just mentioned, John, and that, and I want to hear from you because you've actually done a ton of study on this, but on that, that interaction is so fascinating that Jesus has with Peter where it's, um, Mark eight twenty seven is Jesus was talking with his disciples and I love that he says to them, he start, it's a, it, I mean, I, I could go off on this. He starts, he, he works this funnel down. And he says, you know, who do people say I am? And it's just a, such an interesting thing. Like he's asking his disciples, hey, who do you think people, what's the word in the street? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, and, and another way of saying that is who am I to others? And I think it's a fascinating question. It's not that Jesus was insecure. I, I don't, I, I genuinely don't believe he was like, I don't know, what, how am I doing? Like, I think he wanted to hear from them to articulate, are people getting what this is really about? And, you know, their answers are, well, some say you're John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say uh, prophets, and then Jesus turns and says, okay, but who do you say I am? Mm. And, I, and then that's, you know, we have this moment where Peter says you are, and I mean, this is how geeked out I got on this. In the NIV, it says you are the Messiah, but in most of the other translations, it says you are the Christ. And I was like, okay, yeah, there's something significant about why Peter claims that at that point. Um, and then it goes on and Jesus refers to himself like two verses later as the son of man. It's like, well, wait a second. Peter just said that you were the Christ. And as soon as he said it, you told him not to tell anyone about it. That's weird. And then you refer to yourself as the son of man, but you're also referred to as Jesus. So it just kind of took me down this complete Bible nerd deep dive of the significance of the names of Jesus and, and, and why it matters what we call him, um, that you can, that he is, um, all of those things, but not just any one of those things. He's, he's all of these things, but he's never not just like one of them. And so, yeah, I don't know how, I don't know, John, it, this, I, if anyone is still, and I, I appreciate it, we've gotten some DMS, and some emails. We have more than one listener. Oh, Really? Yep. They're well, out there. at least two people have claimed to be our one listener. We may have lost one or both of them with the, at this level of Bible nerd talk. But so I just did, I did a bunch of unpacking of some of the significances of, of the names of Jesus and certainly not all of them. Um, and yeah, so. Yeah, but let, let's, let's start with this, the, this title that Peter gives of Messiah or Christ. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Christ is not Jesus's last name. He's not the son like of Mary legit, and Joseph Christ. Yeah, legit. Most Christians are brought up thinking that Christ totally. is his last name. Like, no shame. My dad would say his full name and include H as his middle initial. He was really <laughs> mad, like, Jesus H. Christ. You know, Herman. So I was just like, oh, that must be his full name. I didn't realize my dad was swearing, and that that's not Jesus' last name. No, but uh, this, so, yeah, let's break, let's just break down these two, this, this idea of Messiah, Christ, and then Son of Man. But let's start with Messiah and Christ. Yeah, well, the Messiah and Christ kind of get lumped together, but they're not the same. Not exactly the same. And so, you know, Messiah is this idea of God's promised deliverer. You know, this is this is incredibly important, especially to 
Jewish people to, you know, the, the once, you know, nation of Israel, like this was a promise, a prophetic promise that there would be a deliverer, that this would be God's chosen promised deliverer. And it's incredibly significant to recognize Jesus as that, you know, because there'd been many false, you know, messiahs or saviors that had come uh, along the way, but to, to see, no, this is the one, the long awaited one, the prophesied one is incredibly significant. Christ though, I would say is the, the biggest of all the names of mm-hmm. Jesus. And to me, I actually brought my notes cause I wrote it down. This is how I was going to say it in my message this last week. Uh, that Christ is God's anointed, all-encompassing revelation and redeemer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'll say it again. The, the, that word, the Christ or Christ, is God's anointed, all-encompassing, and I'll unpack that if you want, revelation. That means he reveals God and God is revealed through him and redeemer. So mm-hmm. it, it, to me, is is bigger. And, and the, the way you, you, you see it, there's several other... Pa- like there's several passages that use Christ specifically and intentionally. And in fact, the gospel of John really gets the Christ. I mean that John more than the other three gospel writers really talks more about Jesus as the Christ, even just the way the gospel of John begins, you know, it's such a bigger picture of who Jesus is than just the narrative of his and the details of his birth. Uh, Colossians one is the other big one. I mean, this is Paul's poem that he gives us or the hymn. It's actually that they used to sing and, in church, you know, in, in, in Colossians one, it's this whole big thing of for in him, all things are created things in heaven and things on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead so that in everything he Christ might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile himself to all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on a cross. And I think that's significant to me because to me, Christ is even bigger than Jesus. And this is this is like this could get real wonky and real weird and real boring. Noel, please stop us. And no. Oh, no, I I enjoy or Julian all throw, of these. throwing a rap horn at some point just to make <laughs> this more interesting. Bible okay, okay, moment. okay, okay. So because Jesus is, and we can go like to Son of Man and that kind of stuff. Jesus is the human person, the God Man, no doubt. But the name Jesus was the name given to him by his parents. Yeshua. It means Yeshua. It means God saves. But there was lots of people named Jesus. He wasn't the only person named Jesus. There's only one who is the Christ. And so when Jesus refers to himself as the son of man, he is identifying with humanity. He is giving dignity to humanity. Mm-hmm. And when he's referred to as a son of man, it is this um, coming alongside this incarnational way of Jesus representing himself. And when he's referred to as the son of God, it's recognizing his divinity, that he is more than just a man, that he is more than just Jesus. And so if you're kind of like put it on, you know, like on a turn a funnel upside down, I guess. You know, Jesus, his name, Jesus would kind of be at the bottom. You know, it's like, yep, that's his name. <clears throat> there were lots of people named Jesus or Joshua or Yeshua. Um, then son of man kind of makes it a little bit bigger. And then son of God makes it bigger. Messiah makes it bigger even still because he is this long promised deliverer. And then the Christ is, is, is everything. It's the biggest. It goes beyond 
space and time. I mean, that Colossians one passage is really where you can go. Wait a second. This is bigger than just a man who had good teaching, who did some miracles, who died on a cross. This is literally, as Richard Rohr would say, this is cosmic. This is, this is bigger than any event. This is bigger than any one person. He has been revealed and will be revealed and is revealed um, in and through and above all things. So I don't know. I was, I mean, I'm, I'm, I was ready to go there today. Yeah, <laughs> but we me cut too. it out. But because, I want to hear from you, John. I've talked too much. No, that is and Noel. So- I want to hear from you as well. Oh, but I Julian, I, I don't want to hear say. from you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's getting he's getting sound effects. Yep, that's what I want to hear from you, Julian. But that's precisely the conversation that Jesus is having with Peter. Of like, do people say that? Oh, it's right. It's just this guy named Jesus. Do they say? That he's the son of man. Do they say which which part of that funnel do yeah. are people saying that I am? Do they get it? Yeah. And specific Christ is, as we highlighted with Colossians, one of Paul's favorite names for Jesus. It's yes. the one he uses almost exclusively. That's right. And that's because Paul is specifically writing and in and writing to churches post Jesus's death and resurrection when that's all right. of the stuff that Jesus is doing has been revealed and all of who he is has been revealed. Whereas Mark in his gospel is trying to slowly bring you along as an audience member yeah. and trying to show you how misunderstood Jesus's identity and therefore his mission yeah. was during that time. Yeah. You got something. Oh, well, <laughs> my, my comment, I enjoy, like I said, I enjoy these Bible nerd moments. And for those of you who are listening, who are like, Whoa, that went over my head. I think what I'm seeing as you all are talking and, and engaging in this conversation and I'm here too, but you all are living out your call and your spiritual gifts and you're being, you're part of the being in the body of Christ. And that encourages me to do the same. You know what I mean? I think that's what I, as someone who needs to continuously learn about the Bible, that's what I hear when I hear y'all speaking or engaging on the stage. It's like, we're all part of a body, right? We're all navigating what God, we're all fine trying to figure out, but also navigating what God is calling us to. Um, and instead of being intimidate, intimidated by your knowledge, it's an invitation for me to learn more, but it's also uh, an invitation to figure out, okay, what what's my Bible nerd vibes? What are, is it a dancer? Is it, there's something that interests me just as much as this interests you all. And so I just have to make sure I'm asking God what that is or recognize that in my life. So, well, yeah, I mean, we, you already bring it in well. You're John and I've said this and everyone who knows you, you're, you, you bring the, the joy of God. You bring the presence of God with you everywhere you go. And, and so all of us are simultaneously teachers to each other and learners mm-hmm. of each other. So I appreciate you, you saying that. And I will say, the, the stuff that like John and I get into and this kind of stuff, it can really be a hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of, this is what Jesus called out on the Pharisees. It's like, yeah, you got it all. Teachers of the law, you know it all, but yeah. nothing's different about your life. So, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, all right, you're not doing it. And so, and so, you know, it's easy to kind of get like puff yourself up, right? With knowledge and go like, oh, well, yes. did you know that this is only used 13 times? Like, awesome. So what? Like right. what different? Mm-hmm. And so for me, even as I was kind of unpacking that and I was getting excited about it, I'm like, why is this so important? And I was like, well, it's important because I think the name that you claim, oh, John, get ready for the sticky statement. You ready yeah, for this? I, I'm ready. <laughs> the name that you claim determines your frame. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait, no, well, you weren't ready for that. <laughs> you said, weren't ready okay. for that. The name you say it again. Okay. The name <laughs> you claim determines your frame. Now, why is that important? Think about, like, um, think about Noel, like, 
or John or even Julian, <laughs> think about how you ask the same questions that Jesus was asking. Like, who are mm. you to your family? Ooh, yeah. How do they, how do you want to be seen to mm. your family? Think about who are you to your boyfriend or who are you to your wife or who am I to my kids? Or there's this, there's this way that, w- you know, there's these different roles that we take yes. and, and even just think of how, how significant and how important it's become that people identify the pronouns that they want to be understood and perceived by. Why that's mm-hmm. so significant that it's, you know, she, her, he, him, they, them, you know, and people can make a big deal about that one way or the other, but it's like, no, this is significant. I, this is a way that I want you to see me. This is how I show up in the world and I want you to see me. And I, I think of all the, the, the roles that you play, your daughter, your granddaughter, mm-hmm. your friend, your mm-hmm. um, girlfriend, your, you know, coworker, you are caregiver, you are, you know, we could go on and on and on. And I think when it comes to Jesus, like I said, he's all of those things, not just any one of those things. He's all of those things. But for some folks, they latch on to the frame of him as just Jesus, the teacher. Mm-hmm. He's this good person that lived a good life. And I don't know about the miracle stuff and I don't know about the healing, like that kind of stuff. I don't know about the resurrection stuff, but man, good stuff. Good, mm-hmm. you know, good principles, you know, well, that becomes, that determines the, the frame, you know, okay. Same with son of man, even same with son of God. It's like, oh yeah. So he's of God, but is he this grand, great revelation of, of God throughout history, beyond just the life of Jesus throughout all creation? Because it, the, the, that, the way that I engage with Jesus kind of determines or the name that I engage with Jesus kind of determines sort of my frame of reference to him and what he is to me. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that one's better than the other or one's worse than the other at all. I, when I pray, I pray to Jesus. I don't pray dear Christ. I don't, I just, cause that's kind of how I was brought up. And, but I, but I want to be aware like, Oh wait, you're bigger than just this name. Mm -hmm. There's so much more to you than this. Yeah. All of those titles, you know, when you, especially when you begin to understand them, all of those titles kind of get wrapped up in that, in Jesus, that name yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. And th- so one, one sort of final question on that, because this idea of claiming that name or whichever title and, and all of them sort of highlight a different angle of Jesus's wonderful complex right. identity. About, yeah, like a, like a, like a jeweler. Yeah. It's you like a gem. You just keep turning him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jesus is, and this is one time where like, did you know that 13 times is actually at least helpful for me? Jesus's favorite name for himself was son of man. Right. Jesus mm-hmm. almost exclusively refers to, to himself, himself as mm-hmm. the son of man. And I'm always interested in that because as you mentioned earlier, son of man literally means human. Mm-hmm. It's it's a son highlighting. Of son yeah, of Adam. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah. And so my, I guess my question is, two part, why do, why do you think Jesus was so interested in highlighting that name specifically for himself and two uh, how is that comfort like how does claiming that name help in our transforming journey that's a great question um you know i i i can't far be it for me to speak into the heart and mind of jesus (laughs) yeah right but my senses my hunches is that it was so incredibly important for us it was so incredibly important to Jesus that, and is incredibly important to Jesus that we would know that he is with us, that he is mm-hmm. Emmanuel, that he is incarnate, one of us. And because so much of, and especially 
the world in that day and, and in our day today, the gods were distant, they were detached, they were angry, they were uh, punitive, they were chaotic. And here comes Jesus saying, no, I am with you. I am, I, I am flesh and blood. I am, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's like when you, when you're going through a season and someone shows up, like a friend shows up, you know, you're mm-hmm. going through a tough time. You remember who shows up. Yeah. You, know, you never forget who shows up. And you, and sadly you all, the same is true. You also never forget who doesn't show up, mm-hmm. you know, but it's when those people that come alongside you when you're walking through a breakup or you're walking through a loss in your life, it's like they're all they're there to do is just be with you. Uh, you are not alone. I'm with you. And so I don't know, John, I think that, I think that is part of my hunch would be that would be part of why Jesus wanted to reiterate again and again and again and again, like I am one of you, I am with you, you know, for the first time in human history, God has taken physical form and, and laughs and cries and walks and sleeps and farts and does all the things. And while I said it, no, you didn't uh, say that. Julian, don't do a sound effect. Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jesus. He said well, you farted. It's so, <laughs> he said you farted. <laughs> it is incredibly important though, because if he's not fully human, then, mm-hmm. I, then, then there's, then I'm still, it's still detached. It's still, he's still at a distance. And so I don't know, John, I think that's, and why, and why is that important to my life today? Well, gosh, I mean, that to know that there's nothing that I'm going through that he either hasn't directly gone through or isn't going through with me, that I'm never, ever, ever actually alone. And again, when you look at all the other sort of religious structures of the day, of Jesus's day, and still to this day, you, you don't have that. God is above or God is out there or whoever it is, whatever it is. And to know that, no, I have a God who is right here. And I would say like, you know, this, what Jesus gives us towards the end of the gospels is not only am I going to be with you, but that's the promise of the Holy spirit. I will be in you. I will actually inhabit your physical being with my spiritual presence. That's like some next level stuff. So, yeah, which brings us back to the cruciform life. This is a Jesus who walked it. Yeah. did it himself, first. Did yep. not just invite people into it or command people to mm-hmm. right. submit to it, but who walked it himself. I've, I've taught on son of man and some of the courses that I teach here and I've taught on all these titles, and the one that always sticks out to almost everyone is the idea of Son of Man, the humanity of Jesus, yeah. and how just relatable and beautiful that is. Yeah. So I'm glad I'm glad you highlighted that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Such a good conversation, you all. Um, Bible nerds. <laughs> Bible nerding out, but also a call to action for us to um, embrace the invitation, um, learn more about the invitation um, that Jesus presents to us, and not put Jesus in a box. Yeah. Um, thank you, Noel. Yes. And I've heard it a lot. I've heard that um, saying a lot, but as you all broke down his names and who people called him, who he called himself, there's just so much to learn, um, which is good. So not to worry, but it's, it's good. It's good that we have. Um, well, thankfully, John and I have learned it all um, and figured it out. And we're here to help. Uh, are y'all going to tell him or because <laughs> we have or it, I? we have it all <laughs> figured out. Oh, well, look uh, to that point. Well, I told like this is I've been in this my whole life, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I heard someone really show this pattern of this cruciform life. I wish someone would have told me sooner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I wish someone would have said, "Hey, just so you know, if you're going through this, you can count on this, or you can," because yeah. So I, you know, here I am, someone who teaches and who writes and does all these things, and has been a 
follower of Jesus for so long, I'd never, ever, ever heard this before. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, there's a great humility in all of this is like, man, the Holy Spirit, like show me, teach me. And then I have to show up and be available to that and yes. to do that, to yeah. pursue that myself. But I'm, there's, there's a lot to learn and grow and hopefully be transformed. No, that's great. And thank you for one coming on this podcast and sharing. I'm you shocked know, you had me. The part two, you know, listen, <laughs> the part two of your um, sermon last week, but also just the transparency because you were very transparent last week. And if you haven't heard it yet, please do take a listen. Um, thank you, John, for being the co-host of the I'm centuries. here for you. <laughs> centuries. I centuries. feel like I feel like we didn't. I feel like John got off easy oh, on this pod. Oh man. We're talking so much about Jesus we couldn't Ouch. You guys, maybe I just maybe I just crushed it. No? Mm, I wouldn't go that far. I think you did. I mean, you did good. You did good. Hey. <laughs> hey, for you, you did really good. Wow. For you, Ooh. you did really good. Um, hear that passive aggressive. <laughs> if you ever hear that at work, that's shade. That is, is harmful. Is. Don't accept it, you all. I'll take straight insults over pity. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, John, you've really improved. We appreciate you. Thank you. You've gotten a lot. You've gotten a lot better. Thank you've gotten you. a lot better. And Juji Julian, aka the producer of the Century. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm saying Century. We just appreciate you. He had a new haircut too, y'all. Y'all can he looks see sharp. it. Ah, uh, he's flowing. We'll, we'll put some pictures up. Oh, uh, I don't yeah. know where somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know. In the show notes. John, in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> Julian's before and after. Yeah. What? In- Oh, you went to No Cuts, No Glory? Oh, no cuts, oh that's no a glory. special local shout out here in Chicago. Okay. Those guys, Big listen, shout. we'll talk after the pod. That place is legit. <laughs> Elijah Elijah started taking me there. I love that place. Oh. I'm going on Tuesday. Right. Anyway, Noel, right. I know you were wrapping Y'all it up. Growing out. Uh-uh. <laughs> okay, let's bring it back. And where do you get your hair done? <laughs> well, you know what? Okay. <laughs> Suddenly this whole thing shifts. Sorry, you all. I'm closing us out. I'm trying to, okay. it's hard right. to all rein right. them in. Oh, this is my last uh, part of my sermon. No, it's not. We got no, two more minutes. That's always how it goes. As I wrap up. No, you're not. And you're not no, wrapping you're not. up. As the band I'm comes. As the band comes. No, they're not. No. Okay. So I'm closing this out. Thank you, listeners, for one, embracing how crazy we are on this podcast and still coming back and listening. But also just thank you for... Um, your, your openness to the work that's being done here at Soul City. We appreciate you so, so much. And as a reminder, bless your boy <laughs> with a review. Oh my gosh. I'm not, I'm not ashamed to make the no, ask. No, do it. Do it, I'm John. making the ask. Go ahead. Please leave a review. Leave a sub- review. Subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And yes. we'll see you next time on the Transformation Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Transformation Podcast brought to you by Soul City Church. For more from Soul City, including teaching, giving information, or to join us for any of our weekend gatherings, visit our website, soulcitychurch.com.